today, um, well, I'm your host as always, uh, Richie P, aka Dr. Loxley, and joining me today is my good friend, Andre. Hello, just me though. Yes, indeed. Just the two of us, just like old times. <laughs> Bill bailed out in the last minute. <laughs> is pretty much last minute, but that's no worries, these things happen. But at least I don't sound like I'm talking in a bucket anymore, <laughs> thanks to the new uh, sound card. It is, it is good. The quality is definitely better. I can, I can, I can hear the difference. Okay. Well, we had, um, well, originally two main points. Mm. One is infinity. Generally, we just, well, start. Well, Rich is just starting it. Yes. Um, wasn't it a bit longer than that? And um, Just a little bit. <laughs> also, also, uh, uh, weird miniatures. Some interesting things happening, which mm. just I can't stay silent about. <laughs> and um, passion is mm, good. Mm, and uh, maybe we might as well talk about uh, just uh, how gaming changed. You know yes. how it was more like gaming room, and now it. Basically becoming very competitive, mm. well, more competitive than it used to be. And, um, how campaign different from like tournament yes. style and, uh, yeah. Yes, hopefully, hopefully we have time for all of that. And, uh. Okay, just a few short things before this. I, yes. like just some news. Um, we like uh, news. Well, not exactly news, more like observations and other things. Okay. Um, I just found out about new Dark Age book coming out, and uh, I oh, saw the models. Yes, it's called The Outcasts. They're changing format. It's now going to be about one particular faction books rather than uh-huh. just... And they're going to do them once every six months rather than once a year. Okay. So, and I saw the new models, and... Uh, Are they actually going to advertise? Because I, mean, I think it's safe to say the biggest problem the Dark Age has, everyone knows about the models, but there's very little actual advertising about the mm-hmm. fact that there even is well, a game. I saw a video of just, well, I shared it on my Facebook page. Mm. And, um, is it some, some convention called TempleCon? Oh yes, 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 that's in the US. I never heard, I never heard about it before, mm. to be well, I'm, I'm not into tournaments or anything, so I, I wouldn't know about these things. I only know GenCon. Adapticon salute, that's it. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the miniatures are very, very good, and I also they're redesigning some older ones, and they're mm. just amazing. Um, I'm sure the re- readers, listeners will probably correct me on this, but I think TempleCon is kind of like the miniature equivalent of things like PAX and E3. Mm. So it's more, it's more a um, rather than it being things like tournaments and that sort of stuff. Like obviously they do have them there, but I'm pretty sure it's more of a, a big reveal thing. People go, "Ooh, look at this shiny new thing we're developing." Mm. I'm, I'm probably completely wrong, but that's the impression I've been given. Well, right. Um, some other things. Um, I've been reading into some blogs, including yours. Yay! And yeah, <laughs> and another one which I believe is called Pretty and Geek. Okay. That's Sarah's one, isn't it? No, 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 no. Her, um, hers is lotions, potions, and the oh, geek. sorry, sorry, pretty and geek. Uh, yeah, sorry, pretty and geek is an old one. Sorry, I... <laughs> yeah, lotions, potions, and the geek. Yes, um, for those who are tuning in, um, as I've mentioned this before myself, I've got my own uh, blog, which is newfairbank.blogspot.com, which is just generally covering, um, as my wife puts it, a brain fart in writing. 
Um, and my lovely wife, Sarah, has recently started um, doing a blog as well, which is... Um, let me just double-check the address. I should know this, but I just want to make sure I'm reading out the correct address. Um, it's um, lotions, potions, geek, all one word, dot blogspot.com, or dot co.uk, whatever. Uh, she's a very talented writer, and I do recommend everyone um, gives it a listen to. Um, she covers a wide, wide range of things, um, including Korean cosmetics, if you happen to be into that sort of thing, um, geek uh, topics, video games, books, this sort of stuff, and all sorts. Right. Well, the article, <laughs> well, the post which really attracted my attention there, was the one where she classified different levels of geekness. <laughs> Which, well, starting from, like, slightly geek, geek and the uh, bordering nerd. Yes. <laughs> and uh, one of the things in the uh, third category <laughs> was DC Comics. Yes. <laughs> Which, now, being a DC fanboy that I am, that kind of got me flabbergasted. <laughs> She is very, very much a, uh, a, a comic nerd, especially DC. She loves her comics. She well, really does. I, I'm, I'm not surprised because, I mean, who does your daughter say she wants to become <laughs> when she's grown up? <laughs> I'm going to have to share this with the, with the audience. Okay, so a while ago, um, I've got a little daughter, and um, she um, had... Oh, what was it? So she had a bit of an obsession, like many children does at the moment, with Frozen. And they insisted at her nursery, well, she insisted, they constantly played the music and they sung the songs and all of this. And so they did a, um, a face painting day. And the, um, and all the other people said, you know, they were like, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a princess. I want to be a princess. And all the boys saying, I want to be firemen or policemen. And all the girls, every single girl is saying, I want to be a princess. I want to be a princess. And so they've got, okay, well, she's obsessed with Frozen, so she's going to want to be one of the, Characters from Frozen, a Frozen, a Frozen princess per se, and they get to her and they go, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And she looks at them and goes, "Batman." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and they told me this, and I was like, "That is the best news I've had in so long." <laughs> My daughter wants to be Batman when she grows up. I mean, that is a fantastic aspiration, if you ask me. Uh, yes. Uh, also, going back to the topic, um, so do you think being into, like, Marvel comics like Spider-Man is somehow more acceptable than this? Hmm. That's, 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 because it's, it's only DC comics. What do you mean? As in, one of the, it's, it's, it's not, she, she's not saying that liking DC comics makes you a nerd. What she's saying is okay. that when she listed her things, is that she is more nerdy over certain things. Hmm. So, one second, I've got a random thing. No, I don't want to update my thing. Sorry. Um, my recording software just said, there's an update, you want to download it? No, I don't. I want you to keep recording. Anyway. <laughs> and so she's, and so what she was saying is that there are varying degrees of things that she is very nerdy over. And she is one of the, one of the things she's most nerdy over, and one of the things she geeks out over, is mainly video, certain video games and DC comics. Hmm. Well, so that's what she meant. When she is a massive nerd over it. Oh, I say it's not just like this particular subject. No, the, uh, the... no, 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 no. Okay, no. so I misinterpreted it completely. I'm sorry. I think it's say most people would say comics are quite a nerdy thing, hmm. especially when you have the obsessives, and you have some crazy obsessives out there. Well, 
Yeah. Um, which episode number is it, by the way? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think this might be eight. No. Might be, but don't. You know what we could do? Instead of giving it a no- <laughs> okay. Just give it In- a name. It's no, not a name. That would be a bit. Uh, give it uh, like uh, not a date, but rather a month and a year. Saying February yeah. 2015. That way, we don't have to remember. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, right now, unless <laughs> unless you're actually hoping to have a hundred episodes someday, like Bill. <laughs> well, maybe in 30 years time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe if we happen to live to be like 200 or something. <laughs> well, no, I, I calculated it might take about 30 years. No, that's not so bad. Mm. Well, yes, it is episode eight. I've just had a look on on oh. the website. Well, um, assuming the previous episode that was supposedly episode seven is right, then, yes, uh, then you can make episodes with the whole family, like Bill does. Mm. <laughs> I do really. I love. I love his new format for that. I thought mm. that was a really good rude thing. Well, sorry. What's your daughter's name? I'd rather not say. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> well. Um, uh, that's a, uh, basically, what, she's what, three years what, old now. Um, what we refer to her as publicly is um, Mini Moo or Moo. Oh, okay, Moo. Yeah. Okay, so Moo is what three years old now. Yes. So you know, a little too early for podcasting. <laughs> yes, but she. But is, maybe someday, you know, she like she's getting into miniatures. Very, um, she, she refers to them as Daddy's toys, and Batman, which and is Batman. and Batman, which is quite funny when she goes to nursery and they say, "What have you been doing?" I've been looking at Daddy's toys. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh, dear. And what are Daddy's toys? <laughs> Oh no, this just sounds so wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, well, <clears throat> slightly off subject, but I have to say, I, I saw a, um, I saw, I saw a um, sketch. I think it was, I can't remember his name, but a very funny comedian. And he made a thing about saying how when you have a child, um, certain parts of your adult life become very different. And one of the things is that words that you previously used in one context suddenly have a very different context. Mm. And, the, and the guy gave an example how one time he had his, his um, daughter, who was like 12 years old or whatever, went out playing in the rain and the mud, came back covered in mud. And he's like, what are you doing? You're a dirty girl. Dirty girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then well. his first step back was, wow, <laughs> rewind, that's 10 years. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sure <coughs> Mini Moo uh, is the co-host this podcast deserves, <laughs> but not the one it needs right now. <laughs> She'd love that. <laughs> when she's older, I may have to play this back to her. <laughs> That's my really bad impression. <laughs> I liked her. That was good. Ah, uh, right. Um... So, Malifaux or, uh, um, or Infinity first? I'm, well, before we get any further, I want to say to everyone, <laughs> what I've seen, I've recently got into Infinity and I'm absolutely loving it. So I'm thinking that's hopefully going to end on a high. So let's, let's do the dip first. So we don't end on a low. So let's, let's, let's cover Malifaux. Okay. Well, it's not all bad. You see, um, the campaign, which mm. Weird is doing now. I haven't read into that. I have to be completely well, honest. Well, it's very promising. Okay. What, what, what are they doing for that? Well, it's, in a way, it's much more interesting than more time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, some slight weak spots there and there, but overall, kind of complicated as well, because there's lots of 
thing ways to earn experience mm-hmm. in many different ways and different kind of experience. Okay. And it's all based for different things. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, and uh, like for example, yeah. You have something called uh, weekly variation. Mhm. And that's basically event for a week. And uh, it affects the whole uh basically the whole uh, week of games. Okay, and that would be something you would do locally, is this? Or are they saying this is something they want to do nationally or Well no, everyone has their own variation locally. Right, you, okay. you you basically you flip for it. Okay. And uh, things include like uh there's a rat infestation. Mm-hmm. So you have to play in these conditions and lots of other things. Okay. And so would that apply for the entire week in real time or it, Oh it, another thing. Something which really confused me mm-hmm. is when um the actual campaign is they want to do like limited amount of games so it doesn't go on forever but right. instead of doing like certain number of games it's certain number of weeks and they presume you play two maybe three games a week right okay but uh, you don't have to and right. the campaign going like four six eight or twelve weeks right I understand now, this is quite odd. So this event is going to be for a week, not for a game. Mm. And um, this is the other thing is because um, well, basically after each game you earn experience, mm-hmm. which is going to be the amount of uh, victory points you earned. Yeah. And you can spend it on upgrades, and you can basically recruit people with it. Makes sense. And um, obviously, if you for upgrades, uh, you that depends uh, how rare it is because like upgrades which are for masters only are quite rare. Okay. And you have to basically flip a card, and there's a difficulty in it. That's uh, the maximum rarity of items you can buy this uh, session. Mm. I okay. believe they call it uh, barter draw. Right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what? Only once a week they have something called the recruitment something. Uh, and where is that? It's got little, uh, writing notes here. <laughs> and, uh, well, I can't find it. Anyway, basically once a week you have like a recruitment day. Okay. And you get extra five free points. And they can only be uh, used to hire people. You can spend less than five, but then the extra will be lost. Or you right. can add your own points from a stash and buy more someone more expensive. Okay. But it's once a week. Yeah. And uh, what happens if you don't play in that? <laughs> so I didn't once, play at all. So There's still so it's once a week, but most people are probably going to only play on one day of the week anyway. Mm-hmm. What if you play, play like once a month? Yeah. But I'm thinking, but I mean, if, but if, but I'm assuming week is a floating term. No, it's an actual week. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an actual week, does it? It's no, an actual week. I mean, week. no one's gonna come along and, you know, you know, we aren't gonna come along and say, you've been, you know, using months instead of weeks. Mm, well, uh, well, my idea first, instead of like, uh, uh, Instead of like doing like a certain number of weeks, I actually I'll be doing it like forever and play only when I can, not like weekly, you know. Oh, yeah. Do it like maybe hopefully once a month and maybe <laughs> I'll get 
<laughs> that's the thing. I mean, most people I know of, I mean, who play physical games, go once a week to a games club, and they'll play at most two or three games, more likely one game that'll last most of the evening. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, the average game is still looking at about, you know, two one hours. to two hours mm. for, for a good length of time game. So, you know, and so let's say that it starts at seven o'clock, you're looking at nine o'clock finish, well, they've got to travel home and, you know, have some dinner and this, that, and the other. So mm. that's only really what time for one game. So that means they are getting one game a week. Mm. I think expecting more than that, what, I mean, well, they say average two two games, maybe three. They say. But isn't that going to happen on the same day? No. So well, ma- well, maybe even on the same day. I don't know. But and so, if you're having this, if you're having one day's recruitment, so that's just going to be club nice. Mm. People are going to say we got one day for recruitment for this campaign. That you know, our club night is a Wednesday evening. It's, it's Wednesday. not particularly one particular day. You can pretty much do it yourself, but uh, you know, it's. <laughs> It's only once a week. It does, it's not fixed to a particular day. Mm. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's like one type of uh, point. Um, another interesting thing is you have something called strategic withdrawal. Okay. It's basically like you bottle out in the Cromando yeah, or yeah. route and just uh, you decided well, it's no longer worth it at yeah, some point. So. Makes sense. But unlike uh, in Necromanda or Mordheim, you don't forfeit the game. You keep your points. Yeah. And remaining turns, your opponent has to, you know, earn points on his own. You, all your miniatures leave. Yeah. And, uh, if he beats you in points, then yes, but if not, you still, you can still win so by withdrawing. Yeah, just like if, as if you tabled the po- opponent before the end of it, you still get to carry out whatever's left, mm. whatever turns left. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. You, there's also like big bunch of upgrades which are only for the campaign and that includes skills and equipment. Mm-hmm. And I think then now there's like an update uh, because it's changing every week. Yeah. Because it's still in beta. They're allowing, uh, just normal, uh, no, uh, minions and peons get these upgrades. Mm, makes sense. And, uh, I think there's an upgrade which can make minion into, uh, enforcer and make peon into a minion and. Yeah, makes <laughs> sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, then you have uh, something called bounties. Bounties is you buy them with four points, and it's like certain set of objectives uh, which you have to complete during certain games. Like you need to have a uh, like a, a, a counter in every corner of a table. Yeah. And if you, you are basically, then you, at the end of a game, then you fulfill a condition. And if you do it like four times, then you basically fulfill the bounty. Or like win three games. That's another. Yeah. And if you, uh, basically complete a bounty, you basically roll on a campaign upgrades. They're like upgrades, but better. Okay. And again, you're doing, um, well, it's not barter roll, it's more like, uh, and, uh, but it's a similar, similar flip. Okay, yeah, I understand. Again, rarity and stuff, and uh, mm. but there's a few zeros always, so even if you get a black joker, you still can pick something. Yes. And one of the things you can pick up, well, if one, th- the first thing you should pick up, which is actually 
zero as well, you, you can always get it, is pick up a master. Because you start without a master. Okay. You can only get for your first master after you complete your first bounty. Okay. That is all. You start without a master. You, the leader of your thing is a henchman. Mm. Mm. Makes sense. No, well, to you, but you know, just starting without a master is kind of weird for me. Well, it's, it's representing how... Um Going from small and then exactly, attracting the exactly. attention. In of version two, I believe the small, but when you have below a certain point scale, you're supposed to be playing with the henchman as the leader, aren't you? So, mm-hmm. so that's the reason why they're doing it that way. <laughs> okay. And the, the other thing you can pick, basically, your second bounty you, you can pick, which is again, zero, uh, rarity, mm-hmm. is avatar. That's how you get avatar. You have to complete the okay. bounty to get avatar. I see. And basically the generic bounties which anyone can have. Mm-hmm. And then there's like bounties which are specific to factions. Makes sense. And there's like about three, four of each. Yeah. There's quite about like, I don't know, more than that of uh, generic ones. And um the way you actually play the campaign is um how you win in the end. Either it's point difference, sort of like tournament style. Uh, you have point difference, so if you like six eight, then you the winner earns two points, and the loser loses two points from his total. Point. Yes, because the, your does your score can go down if you yeah. lose. Okay. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. But then there's um, there's a different time called the hideout, <laughs> which is you have something called building points. Now to earn building points, you have to either uh, get maximum points from a scheme. You earn one point for that. You have to get either or maximum points from your strategy. Okay. Well, sorry, maximum point from at least one of your schemes. <laughs> if you get both of them at max, that doesn't count. So you, you, so wow. Then you get maximum points from a strategy or win, winning a game gives you one point as well. Okay. And then you have building points to upgrade your hideout, which could be three things. It could be like an outpost, mm-hmm. it could be a saloon, or it could be a laboratory. Okay. And that's basically upgrades which can affect the whole uh, gang as well. Okay. That's kind of weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So th- this this kind of gives you a sense of empire building. So in the end, the one who has the b- best hideout... Uh, you basically win. Hmm. Okay. So that that's kind of I thought was really interesting. But uh, that all that also means the avatars is something which is only used in a campaign, as Justin yes. Gibbs himself says. It's so you can't use avatars in the tournaments anymore. Hmm. Hmm. So technically, they're out of a game because you know, a campaign is what they consider something just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the biggest problem for me is there will be no avatar miniatures. Mm. Now I'm really upset about this because I was looking forward to all those be- beautiful centerpiece models. <laughs> um, I guess, but I mean. <sighs> I understand they're sort of picked between lesser of two evils there, don't they? Because they, they had, they, there was a problem with releasing avatars. Well, the, the problem was that it was never really realised, I think. 
having advertised in version one were never realised. It it's it felt like there should have been multiple avatars for each model. That's what it felt like. Mm. But of course, they never, they never went that direction. It was just one, and you know. So now, the thing, first thing about avatars is you can only buy this if you are playing certain master. Yeah. If not, then you know if you just play that faction, you wouldn't you wouldn't get it, really. So that's kind of market thing. Yeah, but I think that applies to so many different things. I mean, obviously, I'm not familiar with version two, but I know in version one there are plenty of models that you wouldn't buy unless you were playing with a certain master. Ah, well, it's still kind of in the second one as well. Probably not as much as in the first one, but. Um, <sighs> The whole idea of uh, this uh, rules mechanic where you replace, um, base, where the base size grows. Yeah. So you, you replace your character with this big centerpiece model. If you're not going to do this, why increase the base size? Because they want to do this kind of base inserts. Yes. I think that's pointless. Just keep, keep the figure as it is. Well, no, the idea is it's to make the figure look more impressive. So, for example, I know they've given an example. I'm not a big fan of their example. I think one, um, one that I think would be just, this is just a random thing I've thought of. Like, um, you could have a Neverborn one, and the base insert is essentially a series of tentacles rising up from the ground in like a mm-hmm. circle formation, and you place the model in the, in the middle of them. Mm. So as a result, it's like it's, it's, you know, standing on a, it, doesn't have, it might be raised, it might not be raised, but it's standing on this patch of ground with tentacles rising up from underneath its feet. So you're taking the existing model and you're making it look more impressive. I don't know how much more impressive it's going to make a model. I think I don't think it can beat uh, the impressiveness of the actual big model on the 50mm base. I agree. <coughs> I absolutely, I completely agree. Um, however... Considering one of the major, major drawbacks I had when they started redesigning the Masters was I felt the new Masters did not look anywhere as impressive or as imposing or as centerpiece as the version 1 Masters looked. So many of them just look like another minion compared to mm, the rest of the I don't know. Um, Some of them were good. It's, it's supposed to be all of them. You know, so for example, I think Rasputina for me was the obvious one for, for me. Um, because the, I original, love the, new the original ones, she had such a commanding presence of a model. Whereas yeah. now it's all subdued and subtle. And it's like, well, that's, that's, that's something you would well, do for I a admit, minion. That's not something you do for a master. Your master no, the thing is, stand out. Sorry, Richie, I need to interrupt you. I love both Rasputinas. Mm. Both models, first and the second one. And, uh, yeah, well, I got them both painted, but the mm. uh, second one is a bit more down to earth, but then again, it kind of depends how you paint it. I mean, there's a way to make them look more impressive. And uh, I like a lot of second, uh, well, plastic masters, except for Ironside, because she's just, she doesn't look like a master to me, <laughs> you oh, know, I, that I, post. I don't even know what she looks like. Um, it's like a small woman, sort of in a boxing pose, kind of, but, uh, well, she's a brawling type character, but she, she's very non-epic. Okay. I mean, just that, I suppose it's to do more with pose. There's nothing which makes, 
I, th- I always thought masters should be look like larger than life. Absolutely. And, that, and that's, yeah. exactly, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I didn't feel that the redone versions captured that. Uh, now, of course, th- uh, that comes down to opinion. Uh, it's just, in my opinion, that was the case. Some people said this, it's perfect. I understand what you're trying to say, Richie, mm. but I think it's just me. I can make them look, you know... <laughs> and a lot of people, myself included, don't have your talent to do so. That's that's what I'm it's saying. It's not just about painting. It's more about picking color scheme. Obviously, exactly. that, that that is that's still a talent. Freehand and bases. I mean, that is obviously possible. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, yeah, but there are exceptions. Yeah. Like Ironside, I can do nothing for. Mm. <laughs> I can do nothing for Ironside. <laughs> I like the idea of this momentum type character, how she saves momentum and then spends it, you know, and just mm-hmm. punch people in the face. But, you know, as a rule-wise character, I actually like her playstyle quite okay. a bit. But it's just the model, particularly the pose. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice miniature, but it just doesn't look like a master. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's my problem with it. And also, again, uh, I really hate the idea of inserting thing into another base. That's like I already told you by email, or was it on Facebook I messaged you, I would rather just make uh, a conversion or a proxy or something. Mm -hmm. Um, The trouble is, I got no idea what some of these things look like. What do you mean? Well... How do you think uh, uh, Mayfair Avatar looks like? Well, from what I've gathered, they're not going to have master-specific base inserts. They're going to have faction base inserts. Uh, no, no, Richie, you don't understand. I don't care what they're doing now. What oh, I'm... right. And what would she look like? Oh, <laughs> Some are easily guessable, like uh, Shen Long. Obviously, he's going to be like Eastern Dragon. Come on. I don't know who Shen Long is. He's the new Ten Thunder. Okay. What 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 what's he like then? What's he look like? Well, he looks like sort of this martial artist type guy, but when he transforms, he becomes the dragon. Okay. Because he's yeah. So what? He's like he's Bruce Lee. Well, no, he he looks like uh, I don't know. He he's a bald guy with the tattoos and sort of like martial artist type trousers. You said you hated the model. Okay, okay, oh right, okay, so okay, okay. I think I know what you mean. So like, um, oh, what's his name? Um, young fat, whatever his name is. Have a character. Oh, Fenlon. Sorry, Fenlon, not Shenlon. Okay, Fenlon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I know. What, I think I know something. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I've been so out of the loop with Malifaux, I just don't, I just don't so, so this is me trying to play catch up a little bit. Okay, right, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean... He's he's going to be an actual dragon. Okay, but I'm guessing he's not now, because they're not going to do avatars. Well, that depends. I mean, there's a plenty of eastern dragons in Ontario, which you can put on a 50 mil base. And yes, but I mean, they're not going to be releasing him as a dragon uh, avatar they, yes. might, they, they might instead release what a minion or something that's the equivalent of but then they've already got that haven't they with Dawn of the Serpent well it's, it's, it's a small one uh, but they, they were, they were going to do a big one really? how big? <laughs> well bigger than because Dawn of the Serpent is tiny is it? I, I don't know. well it goes on a 4 mil base but it's it's like a, it, it's not very big ok wait a minute wait a minute was he the dragon that 
I think I remember. I think I remember hearing about this. He was supposed to be on. A, was it? He was sixty mil base or something on eighty no, mil base. No, I don't. No, it's not eighty mil base. He was supposed to be on fifty mil base, but he was going to be size six or seven or whatever. I'm pretty sure I remember hearing at some point he was supposed to be on a sixty mil base. Oh. I, remember, I remember hearing about it, and I th- I found that so funny because as soon as I heard about it, it's like oh, so Malifaux is doing their version of. Um, What's that thing from Warm Hordes? Oh, the... Uh, I know what you're talking about. The, the reason I found that so funny was because it had only been a couple of weeks beforehand. <laughs> I'd listened to an interview where, where one of the questions was, "Are you now that you're increasing the point cost for games, are you going down the route of Warm Hordes? And they were like, no, we're not doing it. And a few weeks later, we're releasing a gigantic model! <laughs> Like, well, wow. no, the thing is, um, first of all, now, I'm, I'm not, not, I'm, sure. not, I'm not, I'm not, I just need to say to people, I'm not saying that is what's happening, I'm saying that's, that's, I just found, I found that ironically funny, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, but some are more, more difficult to guess, obviously, you know. Mm. Like, I have got no idea what to do with Mei Feng. Well, Mei Feng couldn't, because I mean, Mei Feng, um, when she was, you know, her thing was the railroads. Um, so what, do her on a mini train or something? Yeah. <laughs> like flying train bike. You can have her riding on a rail golem. Uh, yeah. Well, I won't waste a rail golem, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Besides, mine's already painted. <laughs> I'm sure Weed would love it if you bought but, another one. Ah, <laughs> uh, as if. Uh, the thing is, also, I got to admit. The, what really bothers me is like certain avatars which are already released I can like, already find good proxies for but doing something what you don't know about like um, oh for example mm. Seamus yes. I'm, I know you got the model I don't particularly like it okay. it's alright I nearly bought it at one point but now uh, you can only buy it if you find somewhere on eBay or something mm. you know obviously because uh, I think knowing what the version 2 Seamus looks like I think it's less of I think he looks less of a transition between them mm. I think he looked for me he was the perfect I mean, especially when they did the alternative metal Seamus well I have the alternative yeah, those two Seamus. together though it was so it was obvious that one was a transformed version of the other when you look at the new plastic I don't I don't see him becoming him mm. So I had this idea. You know, there's a game called, well, Batman miniature game. Yes. There's a miniature there called Solomon Grundy. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He kind of looks different to what he was in the video games. He actually wears a full suit, which I think is great. I've actually seen that model. I'm going to have a look right now. Yeah. And he's got, like, a gravestone in his hand, but you can replace it for, like, I don't know, a rotten bell or something. You can make him carry a rotten bell in his hand, you know? And give maybe give him a top hat or like a well, Seamus is something similar, and that's it. It's a perfect proxy. Yeah, let's have a look. Oh, I see. So yes, he's uh, standing. Oh, weird pose. Mm. Very weird pose. He's got one fist looking like he wants to do a Hulk smash. Uh, no, he's carrying a gravestone in it. No, 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 in that, no, in his other hand. Oh, okay. His other hand looks like he wants to do a Hulk smash, and the other one he's gripping a gravestone. So I can probably remove that gravestone and put a rotten bell in there. Yeah. Hmm. That's actually quite a nice model. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
Mm. I might actually do that. <laughs> no, really. I think that would look quite good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just guessing these things for avatars. I yeah. wasn't actually, like, particularly like the idea of them turning into upgrades, to be honest. No? Mm. For me, when they introduced the upgrade system, it seemed to me to be the logical option. It's kind of... I'm not saying it's the right option, but it's the logical option. Yeah. It's just... Uh, it should have been something impressive, but something which was supposed to, like, worth a lot more points, I suppose. But they just kind of, they minimized it. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, I think that was one of the issues from, you know, day one with Avatars, that, you know, even with version one, they did have a big impact on the game, in certain circumstances. Not all of them. Exactly. Some of them <laughs> had very little impact at all. Um, now, some of know, them were just never taken. The <laughs> thing is, what the idea with Avatars originally was is to change the master so he becomes something else entirely. Exactly. But the thing is, uh, there was some of them turned the master into a melee bit stick. Mm. And some did exactly opposite. Yes. Now the thing is, as you would normally sh- change into Avatar in second half of a game usually yeah uh, this is basically yeah there would be much less models in the end usually Mm. second half of a game and so the support masters would really lose out there you know if they were turned into a support master from a melee one for example Mm. on the other one on the other hand, if you had this support master who's not so much useful anymore and you turn him into a big monster I mean, that was very useful. Yes. I mean, I mean, what was it? Um, I mean, he's not really a support master, but I mean, from what I, re- I remember reading, talking to some friends and a friend of mine who was a big, a big uh, fan of Seamus, you know, his avatar was the thing you basically needed for him to not only be competitive, but to actually be filled out. Because, yeah, you spent the first couple of turns, you know, raising corpses to bring out a couple extra bells wade into the into combat and then by the halfway mark transform into the Hulk and start smashing people and now you're in com- combat mm. it, was a, it was a logical progression but then you had other problems with when you compared to something like I mean, I'm quite limited what I've experienced with the avatars um, but I mean when you had the Dreamer for example oh Dreamer's avatar was bad <laughs> it was ridiculous because his ability of being able to bury and unbury no matter where he went was such a crucial part. It was such a useful part because it meant even at, you, know, you could get to the. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you would agree that with most masters, obviously not all of them, but most masters, by the time you get to the halfway mark, you've committed to a plan mm. because you've moved models to a certain point and you've done certain things. And if you don't follow through with this plan, you're going to fail the game. Because he was constantly able to move things around, even at the halfway mark, three quarter mark, you could still adjust things because you could drop someone. And then fly all the way to the other side of the board and then pick him up again. Bam! You got sorted. Now, the thing is, actually, the new edition Dreamer is very hard. Yeah? But he's a summoner now. Mm. He's, he's not what it used to be. He's, yeah, like, he's, he's, not, he's not all barbarian, is he? He's a rather boring master, to be honest. He just summons that. nightmares and that's it. Yeah, I've heard that. I know, um, I do remember when they went, when they first announced it in the, their little beta thing, and I read the rules of it and went, eh. <laughs> Nothing really inspired me. I mean, Capellius sounded better, but then Capellius used to be shit, in my opinion. 
I didn't like. Well, well he's doing he, really well in tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> he, Cape- okay, Capellius wasn't shit. He, I just could never get him to work. And more importantly, that's because a large part of his points balance was on the summoning of Alps. Ah. And Alps sucked ass. <laughs> well, when they nerfed the Alp bomb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they needed to nerf the Alp bomb. Yeah. Man. They needed the, the, the Alp bomb. They needed to, but it was just a bit too far. Kind of like with, with Nakima. Um, you know, the thing is, uh, I mean, translating avatars has always been difficult. Yeah. But, in, you know, imagine actually creating like 30 something new masters at once and, you know, that would be hard to test and all. Yes. But, part of me wonders if that is just I have no I ha- I literally I have no sympathy for that because mm. nobody forced them to make that many new masters. Mm. You know what I would have done mm? if I actually if I if I was gonna decide what to do with avatars and all. Mm? You know, basically keep the upgrades they are doing now. Basically, they're gonna finish them anyway. Mm-hmm. But this is gonna be a for fun thing anyway, so it's not something used in the yeah. tournament. Yeah. Um. If you don't want to create uh, so many new masters, what you could do instead make them a sh- um, henchman. Uh, okay, Richie, are you at all into anime? Mm, it's a tiny bit, not really, but there's a kind of a subgenre there called uh, proxy battles. I Have you heard of it? No, no idea. Well, the most uh, famous proxy battle anime is probably Pokemon, but uh, original okay. ones were JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, or actually there's a video game as well, which is called Persona series. I've and heard of that. I've never played it, but I've heard of uh, it. So you have this... Uh, oh, there's the anime of that as well. Mm. So you have this beans called Personas, or stands in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which are basically projection of your will yeah. given solid form. So that's how they could have done avatars. They could have turned into another character under your control who's going to be like more like henchman or enforcer rather than, rather than a master. Mm. That would have, I thought that would have worked. And they would actually get to, uh, actually make all of these wonderful miniatures. Not only that, presumably you can create these beings remotely and actually send them on Send them on a mission on their own, so you they, you could basically help out other masters mm. with them. So that way, you could sell these miniatures to basically anyone who does this faction. So, mm. for example, you have Marcus's avatar going to help out Ramos, for example. Mm. See, that would actually make money sense as well. And uh, you you have these wonderful uh, big models. You would uh, you know. As a, like, a big character, I mean, henchman or a, or an enforcer, it's not another master, it'll be easier to adjust. Yeah. And, um, and you can sell it to anyone who does that faction. Mm. And also, I mean, you, they doing, I mean, you can still finish what you're doing now, but, and, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be done immediately, obviously. Mm. You can leave it for, like, next year. So, I mean, so these miniatures would still be coming, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, personally, I think it's a bad move saying they're not going to do Avatar models, personally. I mean, 
most people, from what I understand, get into Malifaux initially the very first thing that strikes them is normally a master mm. it's this characterful imagery of this unique person and the opportunity to make more of them is got to be a good thing it's a more it's more of a pulling driving force because someone gets to go you know well i've already got my normal master model or i've got my my original my vanilla master model, I've got my alternative master model, and I've got my version 2 master model, I've got my 3, and then they've just released another 5! <laughs> I'm gonna buy all of them! <laughs> well, I got free painted Rasputin. <laughs> exactly! You know? Because people love that sort of stuff. You know? They can do all these different type of visual styles with them, you know, all these different things. And... I think the only thing that would stop that, the only, the only, only, only block to that, is the imagination of the artists and the sculptors. Mm. Well, in the very least, I'm gonna try so, to sort out some conversions, maybe. Or, I don't know. Actually, I could maybe, this idea I just had, how to use avatars, and do you think it's actually worth approaching weird with that? No. No? No, but that's just me being uh, cynical. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, they could show us some concept art or just uh, like uh, give some explanations how they looked originally. Or I mean, you could always go to them. I just no, but the idea about these uh, proxy avatars yeah, yeah. that th- that that would actually work business-wise. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, there's no harm in mentioning it to them. Well, um, I might as well. If they take if they take up the idea, then that means you get your models. And if they don't take up the idea, then you're in the exact same situation you are now. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> right. So we're finished with Malifaux. I'd say so. Yes. Infinity. Yes. I love it. I haven't even played it, but I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, Richie, are you sitting comfortably? Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, just try not to fall over. It's not a complete rules. What do you mean? The rules in that book are not complete. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, uh, basically they say they only replaced one book. Yes, it's the main book that's been replaced. Mm, Um, Whereas the Human Sphere and Paradiso campaigns are still basically applicable. No. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) So basically, they kind of... uh, They didn't... because the rules themselves have changed a yeah. lot. Yeah. So basically, what you have in these, like um, uh, the the human sphere, mm-hmm. you have obviously new profiles, mm-hmm. which are all of pretty much all of them changed. Yes. E- even if it's just a slight tweak, you yeah, got like that's thing I find point very adjustment. Strange. I find very strange why they <laughs> have got, have said that you know for. You know, if, you, if you're any of the main factions, we're going to give you stats in the new N3 book. But if you happen to play uh, Toa, however they're called, or Aleph, then you have to go online to download them. What? Now, the thing is, um, the, somehow they just wanted to keep these books, you know, available. Mm. But I, I understand wanting to keep them available because they're going to have fluff and stuff. I understand that completely. Fluff and all. But, but the trouble is, the trouble is, okay, there's three things in this book. 
First is obviously is the profiles, most of them which are changed. Most are yeah. just slightly tweaked, like yeah. points adjustment, uh, different higher uh, melee mm. skill, yeah. and um, occasionally like extra skills and other things, mm-hmm. and some few had major changes, but you know. Yeah. Oh, then there's obviously the weapon profiles. Mm-hmm. So uh, originally, you know... I didn't know how like Mark 12 was used and I have miniatures with Mark 12. What's Mark? I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a big weapon. Oh, okay. When I, I was uh, listening to another podcast, like one of, the, one of the huge changes they noticed was, uh, missile launchers having two modes of fire. Ah, well. Because, um, I think this is, I think it's quite interesting. Um, this is the, the podcast Totally Chris, and it's a UK Infinity podcast. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. If anyone's listening to this and they want to know to Infinity podcast. I listen to several yeah, podcasts. I'm listening to Totally Crit, I'm listening yeah. to Maya cast and, uh, and uh, one of the things I thought was interesting, they were talking about how about the, you've, so this is probably old news to you, but I'll mention to the listeners, was that apparently there was a tactic Infinity called the King Kong tactic. Where you um, had some a unit that was special and it was powerful, like a, a tag or a vehicle, or whatever. And um, they, in order to make it basically immune to missile launchers, they would use a, another model that would be in base-based contact in front of it that had an ability. I think it was mimicism or something. Mimicism? Might be. And it was uh, basically it meant that something like it couldn't be the target of AoEs or something. I can't remember. I, I don't know the N2 rule, so I don't mm. really know what it was. Um, but basically it meant that because it was impossible to put the relevant template um, around the tag... <laughs> Without touching the mimicism one, it meant that you could not use missile launcher against this tag. <laughs> so what they've done to combat that is they've introduced a secondary fire mode for missile launchers, one that doesn't use a template. Hmm. And 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 listen, I'm going. This is actually really quite clever because it makes sense in terms of the actual fluff having an alter- alter- alternative fire mode. And it's dealing with, and it's dealing with an exploit, so to speak, or a beardy tactic, a mm. gamey move, at the exact same time. I was like, that's really good. That is how, in my opinion, a rules uh, addition chain should work. I was oh, that's very good. Okay, uh, community-wise, mm. obviously the transaction between addition uh, two and three uh, went much smoother than Malifaux, of course. <laughs> I mean, um, you, we have a, we don't, um, for those listening, if, if it sounds like, if it sounds like you're joining half through a conversation, um, Andre and I have had a little conversation about this off- offline, but, um, you started in version one, is that correct? Yes. And, did, were you present when they went from version one to version two? Uh, I wasn't particularly present, I just paid maybe slight attention. Mm. The thing is, there didn't, not much change in version one and two, that's the thing, there were just weeks. And again, so again, we're looking at kind of tweaks from th- two to three. Is that correct? Or streamlining? No. Or what? no, it, there were some major changes to between okay. two and three. Uh, but the thing is, uh, the mo- pretty much the changes mostly were were very positively received. Mm. Unlike in Malifaux, there was nobody says, "Oh, I liked it better before." No. The main problem was uh, mainly basically how they produce it rather than. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, what I just told you, basically it's uh, because 
like the main book is not complete rules. Ah, right, yes, yes. Because basically when this book just uh, went out, some people got it early. Yeah. And, and like, they where's, basically where, where's my LF? Well, they start. Well, no, they we didn't expect Aleph. Okay. Uh, we knew Aleph wouldn't be there, neither is Toha. Uh, but uh, and a lot of people actually, they started. Uh, well, no, some people started uh, posting spoilers online. Obviously, <laughs> makes sense. And uh, th- that got a lot of people really upset because they d- the units were not in it, even though technically a lot of people knew about it. What, what the units won't be. What sort of units are we talking? Oh, just basically uh, the stuff which is not in the first book. But I mean, I've had a flick through, and I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, this might just be some of the things I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the all the stuff um, was it the new stuff that was introduced in Op Ice Storm. That's in here, isn't it? Uh, Operation so Ice Storm stuff is the yeah. So the Reverend Healer and the Father yeah. Knight, they're in here. Yeah, they're in it. Yeah, because they're new units, aren't they? Well, yeah, but there were some new units in that thing, but uh, the trouble is, uh, basically most of later stuff is not in there. That's the, th- that's the thing. Right, okay. Which is alright, I suppose. Have you downloaded the PDF, by the way? Yes, I have. It's sitting on my, on my iPad. Yeah, so th- that's got all the rest of the stuff, which is alright, I suppose. I mean, in all fairness, to be completely honest, I mean, one thing I've seen, um, there's some fantastic apps, be it on the internet or you know for download and tablets. That I mean, there's this one I've downloaded. It's it's still stuck in version two rules, but apparently the person's updating it to version three, and it's amazing. It um, allows you to not only just build your list, but then it has the stats for the models. Yeah. It allows you to mark them off as when they get when they get killed. And it show and it tells you because because you've got your um, when a mo- when your group goes into um, retreat because you've lost a certain percentage of your points, it tells you when you've gone past that percentage. And it's like it's, it tells no, you. No, there's a there's an official application which is on the original website, mm. which is basically like Army Builder. Yes. But you, it allows you to reference every rule. Oh, yeah, and if it even has an the FAQ un- about the, the only rule. reason I love this is the fact that because it's on my iPad readily available, I don't even need the internet. It's all it's all offline, mm. so I can take this to I can take this to a tournament where there's no Wi-Fi access. Bam! Oh. Everything I need right there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing is, um, but then of course there's these weapon rules. So originally, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, assuming so all the weapon types are going to be in here, surely. What? Well, at least all the in weapons. the app, I suppose, yeah. No, 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 in the book. I mean, at least... No. All the weapons for the models no. that are in the book are going to be in here, aren't they? All the weapons for the models which are in the book? I don't know. Um, it would be, be kind of crazy them having a model in here yeah. that's got a weapon and that weapon not having rules. Uh, I don't know... Because in the case of, in the case of the okay, let's say they introduced a brand new weapon today. I think some of the unit might have like Führerbach, which I know is not in here. Okay. But okay. Let's so they release a they're releasing new stuff every month. Well, anyway, at least there's definitely models have traits which are not listed in the books. That's definitely. Okay. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so they're releasing models yeah. every, every month. Something's not in here. Where would where would one go to find it? Well, the PDF, I guess. Right, okay. 
Now, the trouble is, originally, there was just this book. So people started posting posters, and people started whining a lot, to be honest. So what they started doing, they released a PDF rulebook mm. much earlier than anticipated, just to calm people down. And what sort of lead time were we looking between when people started complaining and when they posted that PDF? <laughs> like, was it hours or a day? I don't know. Really? Yeah. See, that's good. <laughs> but it went really bad. That's <laughs> yes, but that but that response is actually that kind, quite good. That kind of calmed people down. I mean, I could I could imagine lots of other companies. I mean, I think GW being one of the most obvious ones, where you know they would either just completely ignore it, or if they did tackle it, you're looking at like six months to a year. Yeah, but so what to, they done to, to turn around and go here you go a day later, bam! Here's what the information they did you need. was just release the PDF of the rule book itself. Yeah. Uh, later, I don't know, and was it weeks or months after they released the basically the profile PDF with okay. all the missing profiles, and I thought, oh great, now I can see uh, how. Okay, so how it so works. people who were complaining about their models not being present, they still didn't have their rules. No. No. They just simply had a, ser- a searchable PDF for other things. Yeah. Okay. And some other, some other people started complaining, like, we expect, because originally they said uh, this PDF wouldn't be available for at least a month after the book's mm, release. Yeah. <laughs> basically, and PDFs became available much earlier than most people got their books. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I don't mind. I already, well, I got a book in about day after, <laughs> anyway. Mm. I mean, because my, my, my way of getting into this was I give people a bit of, a tiny bit of background. Um, my wife bought me an amazing present for Christmas in the form of Operation I, um, Ice Storm. So for me, that is my gateway in, and so I'm going to be looking to expanding slightly in either Pano or um, Nomads, which come with the two star- two-player starter. Well, if you're planning to play against me at some point, I might as well start painting my. I'll, I'll I'm thinking of doing uh, nomads first. Yeah, cool. So, so if you're gonna start doing a panel, then I don't know. I'm actually looking. My, I'm, I'm leaning actually myself more towards nomads. Ah, okay. But there's nothing. Well, you can. There's no reason why you can't have nomads versus nomads. I mean, yeah, I, be, I mean, considering this, I mean, this is one of the things. One of the things that uh, it was. Well, I could just start with my Aleph. <laughs> Good. I mean, one thing that really kind of what's the word I'm looking for? It it knocked me for six originally when I first started looking at this year, like a year two years ago. There's so much choice, and it's a little bit, you know. Because remember, in last salute, I actually showed you some. Yeah, uh, you did uh, infinity stuff, and said, "What do you think of it?" I goes, mm, "Yeah, it's kind of nice." Uh. But, but that was the thing. <laughs> it's like there's so much. I like, well, I don't know what to look at. I don't, you know. And also one of the things there's you you see a lot of names and stuff and I'm like I don't know what that means. Oh, I've just seen something. Here we go. I'm looking. I'm not seeing these stats for um, geckos. Gecko squadron. Yeah, I'm not seeing the gecko squadron, which for me is one of the one of the. I love the gecko squadron models. They're in the PDF. Yes, but the thing is, uh, what I find problem with gecko squadron. Originally, when I saw the models, I thought, oh, they They're amazing. beautiful models, aren't they? Yeah, but the trouble is, um, the weapons. Certain weapons, they kind of have problems with weapon sizes for more normal models, where you have uh, female characters have yeah. much smaller examples yeah. of that particular weapon. You can see that originally, they were, they were obviously originally sculpted digitally 
at the same size and then shrunk down. Mm. But and the, with one of the geckos, mm. this um, uh, is, what is this called? The uh, combi rifle? Uh, well, it's got um, one of them has dual combi rifle and the other yeah, one has dual, HMG. Yeah. The dual combi rifles. Yeah. Now that massive. They uh, look pretty big. <laughs> yeah, they look pretty big. Also, they look very similar to the actual normal combi rifle normal people carry. Yeah. Well, I think what they've done. I could be wrong, but it would actually make. I think if they have done this, it's probably quite clever. What I think they've right. done is for all the weapons that are used, probably, I think different factions, even though they've got the same weapon, the weapon looks different according to the faction, doesn't it? So they've, what they, I think what they've done is they've said, here is, let's, they've sculpted a model of, say, Nomad com- Combi Rifle. So then they go, let's make this sculpt a person, and they import that. So, and the, so they're importing the same model onto everyone, so it means every model that uses, that's a nomad, that uses a combi rifle, will have the same model. So the combi rifle will look identical with every model. It's I, the scaling that comes into it then. First of all, uh, you have a lot of older models which have completely different combi rifles. Mm. Well, yeah, that's, that's one that, thing. I mean the new ones. The new, mm. the new ones will all be Then the also, I really don't think the big robots, the tags, should have, have exactly the same weapon look exactly the same. Particularly if it's a huge, it's a huge artillery piece anyway, which look like, you know, same as the smaller one. And it, the rules are exactly the same. You're telling me that cannon is just a combi rifle? Well, that's the funny thing. I mean, what caliber is that? That can shoot tanks. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the same thing with HMGs. I've seen some, um, what was it, um, heavy infantry carrying HMGs, and then you see the ones the tags have. I just think, what? Mm. <laughs> that, the thing on the tag is as big as the bloody tag, and this HMG... No. The thing is, a lot of... Uh, a lot of tags actually have like a big weapon but it actually looks differently to than what mm. the normal one looks but that's I think how it should have been done yeah I mean uh, for, for, for me because I mean, the, the, the one with Mark 12 is actually alright mm. that's can what Mark 12 is can you remember, can you remember what the um, model is that's got Mark 12 well the other gecko oh it's is it HMG no it's a Mark 12 oh I thought it was HMG okay Oh, it's a big gun. <laughs> it's a big Mark 12. I saw and I was like, that's a big gun, I want it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the one with the, with the combi rifle is just, mm. uh, that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just like the models. <laughs> I like the models, but, uh, well, I'm probably not gonna get them. I'm, go- I'm going to be getting the geckos at some point, just because I really like the models. Um, and what's the other ones they've recently introduced? Um, the ones with the pandas. Oh, the the fast pandas. <laughs> yeah. You have the interventors, yeah. yeah. Interventors are nice. And they're hackers, aren't they? Yes, they are yeah. hackers. So and they, they have uh, the uh, hacking device plus, mm. which ah. Uh, Basically, well, we'll talk about it later. Mm. We, we, I want to get everything out of the way before we get to the rule changes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the biggest changes is how hacking is done. Yes, I've heard <laughs> this. And of course, I've had no experience of version 2, so I've got no idea of how it used to be. So all my experience is what I've read from version 3. So the changes I'm completely unaware of, but I have heard other people talking about it, and it sounds like it's a massive change. Well, you just... You used to be only 
able to do like few things with hackers. Hmm. Now it's huge amount of programs and things and all. So yeah, I mean, it looks like they've been they've been made a really big part. Yeah, and one yeah. of the things I heard some other people talking about was how, um, what was this? Originally, unless you were dealing with certain specific things, so you wanted to hack a tag or that sort of stuff, they were kind, you know, if you, it was very easy to encounter situations where your hacker you brought along just in case is completely redundant. Mm. You know, especially if you're up against someone like the, uh, who are the ones with the, with the werewolves? Oh, the Ariadna. Exactly. So, um, yeah, them. Um, apparently, you, you, you originally you'd be like, ah, oh, shit, what's my um, hacker going to do? Oh, nothing, because he's useless. So one of the things about this, as I, as I've been told or heard, is that they've introduced things. So even in those situations, you've still, your hacker is still doing stuff to buff and debuff and just be a you know useful model. Mm. Yeah, so... Okay, where did we stop? Uh, <laughs> because you, you kind of diverted Sorry. the rules again. And <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so uh, basically what they released, when they released uh, the PDF which had the, all the missing profiles, and I thought, oh, great. Yes. Okay, I can use my uh, Aleph now. And, oh, no. No. <laughs> well, that's still not there. <laughs> so that means if you want to take part in an N3 tournament, you can't use Aleph yet. Is that right? Well, well, now you can. I'm just telling you my experience as I went alone. Okay, so have they now released the? They now released weapons as well, all the extra weapons like right, okay, so, Bach and right, okay, so in theory, everything now is available online. No, no. <laughs> There's the extra rules. <laughs> what are the extra rules? Oh, just all the extra stuff like symbiote armor, which Toha has. Uh, uh, lots of other special rules like um, uh, nat- natural born warrior, for example. Okay. Because um, what it does is um, basically it nullifies your opponent's martial arts. Okay. So in the original like chart which they were showing on the like seminars, mm-hmm. they had this like what different levels of martial arts do, then what the berserk do, and then what. Uh, uh, natural born warrior does mm-hmm. and in the main book you only it only goes up to berserk and uh, all levels of martial arts berserk and no natural born warrior okay <laughs> the chart the actual charts are missing what really bothered me when the book came out is not that it doesn't have all the profiles mm. is what no, it wasn't complete basic rules mm. So, well, basically lots of traits and special rules and things that were not there. Yeah. Including, uh, basically the sectorial, sectorial forces. Okay. Yeah. But was that intentional, do we know? Did they intend for that to be the case, or was it accident? They intend for they it. it off by accident? They intended to be the case, because like I said, they want people to buy, um, uh, the other two books. So, are we saying then that the rules, those rules that are missed off, are exactly the same as they were in the old books then? They haven't changed? No, they did change, that's the problem. They released an FAQ, which sort of converts the basic rules. <sighs> that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Now, the thing, the funny thing is, those rules which are in those two books, you can still get them online on the original website, you mm. can download them. <laughs> 
but uh, it's no no per- separate PDF rules edition. That's yeah. the, which is odd because they say originally they wanted to make the game much more understandable. Mm. Now, now I'm not new to Infinity, and that baffles me. Imagine what it does to new players. Well, yeah, exactly. In, in my case, so I you know so I, I go to the shops and I buy a new model. And I go, this is an awesome model. Let's put it down. Oh, he's got these abilities. Okay, well that's not in that. Book. So where do I get Don't these Victor. from? I mean, I, I had the exact same problem. I remember with um, Hell Dorado, <laughs> where um, I needed to have in order in order to understand the character traits, I needed the rule book and a PDF of the original rule book because again, there were certain traits that just hadn't for some reason transferred over. And it's yeah, that's that's, that's that's a shame. That's a shame that's happened. And I can understand if they were to say it's because they haven't changed at all. The rules, are ex- those rules, are exactly the same. So I got so five. Say they that would make want, sense. But to, 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 to say change it, but we're not going to put it in with all the other changed rules. That that seems a bit weird. I don't know why they do it this way. Mm. I got no idea. And you know, what if you don't have internet access, which plenty of people don't? Yeah, well, again. You know, so they so if they want the rules for something, they go to the shop and they buy the book. <laughs> now, what some people guess might actually happen later is they might put these rules into another book. Mm. They might do, or maybe even do like new versions of Human Sphere and mm. uh, Campaign Paradiso. Well, I mean, but I think I mean, <sighs> Weird have proven. That a yearly book system sells. Mm. There's no reason why Infinity couldn't do something similar. Now the thing is, originally Weird wasn't planning to release Wave Two uh, profiles in a book. They had no plans to do that. People nagged them, and I uh, that, yeah. they gave in, and uh, that book sold out really well. You oh, know. No, no, it wasn't the other way around. It was going to have profiles, but no fluff. And then some people said, if, if I've got profiles, I want fluff. So then they added the fluff into it. Well. I think that was it. Book 2 was just going to be stats. No. Um, yeah. The, the book 2 was going to be something else. They said, we will not print, basically, the uh, the cards for the... I, mean, uh, I, I haven't really been following it, but I remember when I was following it, they were saying it was just going to be stats, and that was just going to be it. And I was like, wow, that's, that sounds thrilling. But people basically kept demanding the book and they ended up saying, yeah, okay, we'll release the, the second book. Because that, that makes it kind of easy, mm. you know, because the profiles are already there and, you know, what do you do for next gen con? Ooh, why don't we just do this? You know, <laughs> it's already there, it'll sell. <laughs> why the heck not? Yeah, I mean, you say, you know, you know, CB, they could so easily do, you know, <coughs> a book a year featuring the new models they're gonna do. The new, you know, any new little profiles and traits, or likewise, if if just for argument's sake, it does turn to be a mistake and they've missed off some profiles accidentally one year, it could happen. They can go, oh yeah, here's the ones we missed off from last year, <laughs> and because people are going to buy them. Uh, no, but the thing is, uh, they missed like over half profiles. They're, it's not like and I don't mean this example. I mean, if let's say for argument's sake, they they were to do a book a year, one year they had one profile they missed off a single. Thing. They release it on PDF, then they include it in writing later okay, on. Okay, Richie, list. you know that PDF with extra profiles you mm. have? It's got, each faction is split into three categories. Mm-hmm. There's pro- profiles which are from the main book, mm-hmm. the one. 
there's profiles yes. which from uh, Human Sphere, mm-hmm. separate section, and profiles from Campaign Paradiso. Yes. And then there's like full army list for Vanilla Army, which is basically mm-hmm. the basic armies, and then sectorial forces. Yes. So. <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, like you said, there's, there's no reason why they couldn't do a yearly book. Yeah, well. The, uh, the people who do Dark Age, they're doing now, you know, book every six months. <laughs> because <laughs> these... in their case, it's a brand new game every six months. <laughs> no, it's not brand new game, it's just, well, it's like expansion book. Which is a good idea, probably, you know, books sell. Yeah, but in the case of, like, in the case of Dark Age, nobody plays it. I'm thinking of playing it, you know. Yeah? It's a really good game. And I've read the rules and it looked interesting. Now, the thing is about the latest version of Dark Age, mm. what, I don't know who's got that idea first, was it 40k or it was Dark Age? Of what? Uh, it's the idea where you draw mission cards every turn. I don't, I don't know what you mean. You know the latest edition of 40k? No. You don't, okay. No. Basically, <laughs> they have these mission cards, which you basically you you draw them every turn. Basically, if you complete, you draw new ones every turn, and uh, how you you complete objectives and get points. Okay. That's how it's played now. And this Except is seventh edition, is it? I don't Sixth know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> 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 yeah, and uh, the similar thing you have in Dark Age, where you basically you draw, in the first turn you draw I don't know two or three cards, which are your missions. Mm-hmm. If you if you complete some. You can, uh, you know, you can draw more cards, or maybe even if you don't complete them, I don't know, you just draw and re- and uh, discard, I don't know how it works. But okay. every turn you can draw mission cards, if yeah. you want to. And um, if you complete them, basically, you get when you complete them, you get points. Yeah. That's how it's played. Uh, actually, you know, uh, Infinity kind of went to a, for a transaction where they introduced missions now. Right. What did, what did they have before? Well, in the first edition, and ah yes, I've heard. And in the yeah. beginning of a second edition, I think. Yeah, but in second edition, it was when they introduced missions, wasn't it? Actually, yeah. Uh, in the second edition, they didn't have it either. But uh, when they released Campaign Paradiso, this is where they introduced right. missions. Okay. Because before that game on of Infinity used to be really different. Okay. You just you're supposed to kill each other. That's it. Yeah. And um, that made actually very good simulation of modern combat. Yeah. Uh, but the game basically you you keep kept hiding behind the cover and only rarely pop up and basically like a war of attrition. Mm. Uh, if you introduce missions and limited turn number, you obviously have to go for the points and risk everything. Because yeah. before that, people were just hiding. <laughs> but it was realistic combat. That's how it's how it's done. Oh, yes, exactly. In real life, you, you don't have people running out on the open in a risk. Exactly. I mean, that that actually makes perfect sense to me. Mm. Yeah, but you can still play it this way. Mm. Or you could, you know, or you could play it with missions. You know, that's how tournaments are done now. Yeah. I mean, you know, what what I've been, what I have been reading. Sometimes I've, I've read through the Op Ice Storm stuff because I've got, I've now, I've got the N3 book that arrived this morning. 
Um, haven't haven't been able to properly look at it yet. Just had a little flick through. Um, most of it just now while I'm talking to you um, when we're talking about profiles and stuff. But I've, I've, but I've you know had now for a couple of weeks um, up on up Ice Storm and I've been read I've read through that. And one of the things that I noticed mainly now is I don't know if this is to do with the change of the rules or simply how the quick start rules in Op Ice Storm was presented. It could be a combination of the two. I don't know, but it actually seems quite straightforward to learn now. Now the thing is about uh, this They sort of like introduce a set of missions mm. It's not actually complete rules obviously. No I know, I know that But yeah it introduced this sort of concept A mission at a time And I suppose it's a good for yeah. learning Which is because for someone like you It's like really useful But yeah. completely useless for me <laughs> Wait, cause I, I remember my first Years and years and, It was about two years ago Possibly more and I was try- I, I think uh, what was it um, did you ever see the TV program on the table from Beasts of War yeah and I remember every episode they had a let's learn to play Infinity and again oh no it wasn't on the table it's, it's Beasts of War but yeah. on the table I think was the just uh, what's new coming out in miniatures this was uh, like they had like Infinity Week no it was um, it was their TV show that was on that was on Sky. I it was it, on Sky. Yeah. What beasts of war went on Sky? Yeah. Goodness me. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and um, I think it was called on the table. And, oh. And it was um, and it was what's his name the Irish dude. You know. Oh yeah, I know what you uh, Warren. Yes, and um, he was presenting a TV show. And it was by Beasts of War, sponsored by... Oh, um, sorry, hang Games. on. Do so you know about Beasts of War? I know there's lots of Irish people there, but are, are they actually in UK, though? No, yeah. I think they're close to London, aren't they? Um, it would because make Wayland sense. Games. Yeah, because Wayland Games. Yeah, because I remember Wayland is in Essex. Someone, so. someone in the Maya cast is actually... They called it Irish video... video <laughs> Irish cast or whatever. <laughs> They thought it was an island. Oh God! <laughs> but wouldn't it be speaking Irish then, not not English? <laughs> oh God! But yeah, just um, this uh, you know Irish video cast. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I was watching this on TV because um, my wife found it by accident one day, and she started recording it for me. So I was, every Saturday I'd, I'd watch this, and they had this thing every ep- every episode. They had like a ten minute thing of let's learn to play Infinity, and every time they would cover something different. And the smoke grenades. <laughs> they, I think one of them was to cover in cameo markers or something, and they had like mm-hmm. two episodes in a row just about the order system. And both times I'm watching it going, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I would end up, I would end up at the end of their sections going, I actually know less about Infinity than I did beforehand. And I knew nothing before. <laughs> uh, the thing is about these videos, I think I saw them, they were just, um, Oh, about that uh, Maya cast uh, announcement. They uh, mm. in the United States. Yes, <laughs> yes. The geography is. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing was with this show, I don't know if it was because of the rules or it may have been how they presented it. So I'm saying the same thing with 
um, of Ice Storm, it could be because the N3 rules are more straightforward and streamlined and easy to learn, or it could just be because it was so well presented in the text. It's so, it, I, I, I don't, you The know. thing is, those 10 minute shows, they were just like, look at certain aspect, and mm. without actually knowing basic rules, there was no point of learning. That. Yeah. And that's the thing I saw. It, it felt to me like, you know, and it, 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 what it actually did was it actually pushed me away from Infinity. Mm. Because I think, because I mean, only now that, <laughs> you know, that I see all this stuff, I'm actually okay. really enthused about it. I actually learned the first edition of the game. Yeah. And, uh, which was basically just as hard as the second edition. Mm hmm. And it was not very well written, not very well translated from French. <laughs> I've heard that, yeah. And, uh,. The thing is, I learned it, I understood the rules, mm -hmm. but then I sort of left it for a long time and I kind of started forgetting it, and then the second edition came out, which had minor tweaks, but pretty much the same game. Yeah. And I actually thought, okay, why don't I watch these videos? And I... Uh, I don't want to drop an f on this, <laughs> What the heck is this about? That was my reaction as well. <laughs> Oh, like, I used to know the rules, why, why, this can't even refresh in my memory. <laughs> it made you feel stupid. It's like, I know this, why is this not making sense? <laughs> uh, so, do you want to know how I got into Infinity? Yeah, go for it. Uh, basically, I, when the confrontation just went down with Rackham, mm -hmm. I was sort of really looking into new games, I didn't want to go back to Games Workshop. Makes sense. And um, I discovered a little game called Urban War. I think you've mentioned that before. It's done by a British company called Urban Mammoth. They're formerly known them. as iCore. And mm. uh, they used to do a game called Void. Okay. Which was basically like... Urban War was a skirmish version of Void. Mm. The rules were kind of... Uh, had nice idea, but were a bit clunky. I... I, but I liked the game at the time and I was getting into it, I was painting the miniatures and all. Mm -hmm. And, um, but this company, Urban Mammoth, they also did UK distribution of several other ranges. Most of them were like 15 mil historical Dark Ages stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of these things were something called, uh, Xiston, which is Dark Ages. 15 mil historical range made by Corvus I think it was called Xiston there was several they did several of them one of those was done by Corvus Belli okay right yeah the creators of Who, Infinite of course yeah yeah they well they also what attracted me on their website was a range called Warcrow which was like uh fantasy miniatures without actually a game they were just miniatures okay they look sort of like early Rackham miniatures, early confrontation gotcha. miniatures. Yeah. So I was kind of even planning to get some of them. I think Urban Mammoth was distributing them as well. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at Corvus Belly website and all. And then there was this news flash came out, which say that um, uh, basically this new science fiction game coming out called Infinity, and mm. uh, it showed like pictures of uh, the very first. Uh, Panaceana starter and the very first Yuchin starter. And I thought, wow, these are great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, a really nice new sci-fi game and the, the miniatures look much better than what 
Urban Mammoth was doing. So next I started posting in a forum like, look, you, uh, you distributing Corvus Belli stuff here in UK, are you gonna do this as well? Mm. And they said, no, we don't. <laughs> they miss out there. Well, I don't know, maybe Corvus Belli didn't let them distribute it or that. I don't know, maybe they wanted to do it themselves, but Infinity was available very soon afterwards. And I, I, you, you've, you, you've a much bigger um, awareness of models and games than I do, so I'm wondering, you know, one, of the things, one of the things that the pulls that Infinity has for me is the fact that it's got a very clean sci-fi look to it. Whereas you compare that to, say, things like 40k, where everything's very dirty... Do you know Actually, what I mean? I like dirty. Yes, but what I mean is that are the, are you familiar with many other sci-fi games that are quite as clean and you know, but without straying into the anime as much as say well, uh, no, Manic does? No, they say that they're kind of strayed into anime, but um, and several other things. I remember you compared it at one point to uh, Mass Effect. Yes, the, to me, nobody says Mass Effect. I don't know why. I agree. I agree. It's completely. very much like Mass Effect. Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. But when I'm gonna start painting mine, I, they, they will be dirty. <laughs> and that's fine, but what I mean is, is things like, um, you know, well, for starters, you don't see many skulls on the models. <laughs> Would you like me to put some? No, I mean, when you compare that to, say, Games Workshop. Mm. No, but that would actually make sense on, like, uh, Morat, for example. <laughs> I know, but, you know, you look at something like, you know, well, Things like you know chaos space marines and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like the more skulls, the better. Let's just have a you know it's like that yo dog thing. It's like yo dog. I heard you like skulls, so I put skulls in your skull so you can skull your skull. No, the thing is, 40k is like very grim, dark, mm. uh, futuristic fantasy. Well, exactly. In comparison, I would I would describe this as clean sci-fi. So it's crisp lines, smooth armor, this sort of thing. It's now, you know the world is still a dystopian, but it's you know whereas whereas the armor doesn't look like it's decaying. The armor looks clean and you know smooth curved now, vehicles. The thing is, I think every sci-fi should be like part clean, part dirty. I think you have to have an element of the two, and I think... <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered you earlier mentioned it using <laughs> words. Uh, <laughs> you dirty sci-fi! <laughs> You've been naughty! Yeah, my sci-fi is clean, yours dirty! <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, Infinity definitely, definitely has an element of the, of the, the dirt in there. Um... I mean, I think possibly the most obvious for me would be uh, the combined army. Mm, yeah. Um, especially with. Some oh, of the... actually, you know, there was this whole scandal with Extra. <laughs> Extra is an alien race which used to be part of combined army. This oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. People screaming at the, at the <laughs> podcast when it's going to get published. Yeah, because they've been discontinued, haven't they? Yes. And they've and been replaced with the new robot things, whatever they are. I don't know. No, 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 no. The thing is, uh, the butteroids, I forgot what the, well, yeah. uh, forgot what the trace is called. Oh, the synthetic beans. They were there from the beginning. Were they? Okay. Yeah. As extra used to be these sort of lobster-like aliens. I haven't seen any models for them, but I've seen concept art, and they look awful. <laughs> 
They look terrible. I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm looking at going, why, you know, wh- why are people unhappy about seeing the back of these? These things look horrible. That's because some people bought something called Cascuda, which is a gigantic thing. Okay. Okay, so, okay, I get ya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whereas, I mean, like, the, the new starter that was put out for the, for the combined will have these batteries. They look awesome. Mm. They look very awesome, very kind of alien. No, the, the new thing they introduced is I forgot what they called, but there's like evil Toha in there. Yeah, he looks great. Looks <laughs> <laughs> really good. Sorry, if, if people can't guess, I'm geeking out so much. I've ne- I haven't been this excited about a game since I started Malifaux. Mm. I'm really excited about. Don't worry, you're gonna get those. Pardon? You're gonna probably, get those. Probably not at the moment. Um, at the moment, all I'm going to do is a couple of purchases here and there for my Nomads and Pano, and that's basically it. Because, I mean, you know, I've still got to paint all the stuff I've got at the moment, but also, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jump into anything in which I then, you know, mm. yeah, so, um. It's going to be vanilla Nomads then. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was always thinking of, uh, Corregio. I don't know the names. <laughs> Correggio, okay, there's three ships. There's, uh, Correggio, which is like former prison ships, that's where mm-hmm. lots of mercenaries and, uh, the workers are. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The labor. Then you have, uh, Bakun, which is where you can get everything and anything. The black markets, the internet, the, 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 the entertainment device, everything. Okay. You have these, uh, like, religious people from there, you have these criminals, you have, uh, and security forces. <laughs> that's, okay. That's Bakun. And there's, um, Tunguska, which is like cybernetic. It's all right. about technology, hackers. Yeah. Very, very okay. highly advanced troops. The names I've seen are starting to make sense now. Nice. <laughs> that's another thing. There are so many weird names in this game. I mean, obviously, a lot of them are because they're relevant to the uh nationality of the model. You know, that a lot a lot of time that makes sense. But Well Tunguska is actually there's a part of a Siberian uh okay. part of Siberia where a meteorite has fell and one of the ships is called Tunguska. Makes sense. Because, I mean I mean there's was it I was looking at some of the ones for Pano for example and mm-hmm. um When I originally, I think, what was it? There was the, uh, Sikh dude. Oh, the Sikh, the Sikh commando. Yeah. I originally, I looked at that name and I was like, what, what, what? And then suddenly it just twigged and I went, oh, he's a Sikh. That suddenly makes sense. <laughs> but without that awareness, it was like, what? Actually, you know, that, that made some people back at work laugh because you know, they call Sikh Sardarji. Mm-hmm. That's an Indian name for it, basically. And, you know, so there's Sardarji commandos that I just make them <laughs> roll on the floor. Why, why is that funny? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm assuming that means something. The word must mean something. No, Sardarji means Sikh. Oh, so their name is Sikh Sikh. No. No, so basically, I know, I said to them, you know, there's Sardarji commandos, because, but, it, it, but that's what, how the Indians call Sikh. Right. Okay. So, this is, 
<laughs> like Chinese don't call themselves Chinese. Oh, yeah, 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 the China you. is Kitai. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't know that. I learned something every day. I learned two things today, in fact. Okay. <laughs> well, in Russia, we call them, it's Kitai. But uh, they themselves call it, and Japan is Nipponis. <laughs> I knew that. What, what's, what's, um, what's Russian for Russian? Well, Russia. Ah. Never heard that. You never hear these things. Yeah. That's interesting. What, what, what do England call England? English. What do you call England in Russia? Anglia. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, get, I, can, I can get that. <laughs> it's just like, this has brought back some memories. Oh, that's, oh, what's that series called? Blackadder. Mm. I'm gonna call you Baldrick Baldrick, and I will call you my lord, my lord. <laughs> I'm going to call you Baldrick. <laughs> I love Blackadder. <laughs> well, I like the first series. Really? That's actually my least favourite series. Well, Look, first episode of the first series is probably the greatest. <laughs> I mean, okay, I have to be honest, I do love me, you, I ha, you have to love the first series, if only because it has Brian Blessed in it. I don't know who the guy is. Uh, Brian Blessed is the king. Which one? Um, the one with the big beard and the big mouth. Oh, Richard. <laughs> yeah, his father, I think it is. I think, isn't he? He's yeah, play, he's playing yeah, his father. Really. Yeah, and he and Brian Blessed is just amazing. <laughs> I love Brian Blessed. Mm. Anyway, moving on back to back to the back to the topic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think we've, I think we've actually kind of worn it out now, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, so what we talked about miniatures. Yeah. Obviously, they're really, really good, the new digital sculpt. It took you a while to come around, though. Well, that's the thing, because beforehand, I was I was very vocal in my dislike of digital miniatures, and then you pointed out to me that these were digitally sculpted, and I was like, whoa, obviously I was wrong in my assessment. Now, if you looked at uh, some of the digital sculpts, actual, of actual renders for mm. these miniatures, particularly this new Batteroids, these mm-hmm. things, you notice that the texture on them is very deep. It looks huge on the on the yeah. on the actual. And that's the difference, isn't it? That's the thing. That's because, the difference. Yeah, because the other people, the people who are doing the other sculpts, without mentioning any names, but, they're doing it in the same way you would do for a video game. Yeah, they're not so doing it. So you have this tiny. They have this nice tiny intricate things, but they didn't realize they're going to be shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Funnily enough, it's, I think the good old GW is, they seem like they knew it from the very beginning because, mm. it's some, probably someone made some designs that printed them out and saying like, uh, that yeah. doesn't look very right. Look, I mean, bigger, bigger, I mean, bigger. You're, you're, you're lucky. You're, well, not lucky, but you're in a good situation because of your ability at freehand and texturizing and all this sort of stuff. You're not really hindered by the problems. In the case of people like myself, who do almost everything as what do you refer to it as side brushing or something? Yeah. When even <laughs> the miniatures are very good for side brushing, aren't they? Yes, yes, I can see that already. But whereas you then you look at something like you know Malifaux range, for example, 
you try and side brush and you just go <laughs> Well, some little chains and things in Malifaux made, basically done my head in as well. Yeah. <laughs> like Bishop's chain wrapped around his arm. Oh god. <laughs> I still have nightmares about it. It came out okay, yeah, but it wasn't the pleasant mm. when it, when I was doing it. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, so I've I've changed my mind. It's not the problem. Isn't it's the problem isn't 3D sculpting per se. It's you know the how it's done, and I'm I do I am wondering whether or not the medium of using metal versus plastic does affect does have an effect I mean it must have some effect well plastic is somewhat more limiting Mm. because with metal you can have molds which you can pop things out of them yeah and I feel like the Infinity models compared to other 3D vendors I've seen they look crisper but again is that just because of the techniques they've used or the medium I don't know it's larger detail on the digital sculpt. So that, that's the sculpting itself, not the medium. Because, yeah, he actually, uh, was it, uh, Carlos, mm-hmm. he, the one he was explaining, on, I watched a lot of, uh, uh seminars, video seminars, mm-hmm. where he was showing new miniatures and talking about third edition and things like that. She was showing, like, digital sculpts and, and new concept art. Okay. Uh, he showed these batteroids for the first time, I thought that, sort of, oh, that looks amazing. But he says, look, these, uh, like, texture on their heads, you know, it's, it looks really huge here, but look, mm. it'll be great on the models, trust me. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, okay, look, I believe you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because I had min- uh, Malifaux miniatures. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, of course, I mean, it's not, it's, I'm, from what I understand, it's not so much a problem now as it used to be, but I mean, you look at things like the Hunger and Darkness model. <laughs> There was no texture to him when it came to it, really. I mean, he was, he he was just almost like a smooth ball, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but I, oh, I'm, I'm adoring these models. Actually, I was thinking of getting some Warmer Hordes models. Oh yeah. Some pirates. There's like a free character pirate unit, I forgot what they're called. But they look really amazing. And I'm thinking, what can I proxy these for? I have to find something to proxy them because I just love the sculpt so much. They were done by the same guy who did Nomads for Ice Storm. Oh, really? Actually, you know what? I'll probably send you a link on a Facebook yeah, so you can do. follow them. It's got all the digital sculpts for Nomad stuff. Oh, that'd be awesome. And <coughs> also, while on the subject, you mentioned in passing that you're going to some... So, um, I'll probably mention this to everyone now. Uh, myself and Andre have been very fortunate enough to get um, the exclusive uh, Bounty ah. Hunters. Um, Andre, because you pre-ordered, I believe, for yeah. the normal release, and in my case, because I was very, very, very fortunate that Element Games still happens to have a couple of copies. I don't know how that happened, but... <laughs> well, obviously they must have, because I mean, obviously the miniatures will have come when the, when the dis- distributors or whatever pre-ordered directly from them, so then Element Games obviously said, well, let's get a ton of them in, and then we'll sell them off. So they've still, and from what, when I asked mm. them earlier in the week, they said they still had a few. Since then I've noticed their stock's gone down by a couple, but you might, if anyone's listening, you might still be able to get one if you, if you rush. 
So, um, yeah. That depends when this podcast comes out. <laughs> I'll try and get it out tomorrow. <laughs> well, tomorrow being Thursday. If it's not out by the weekend, I'm sorry, you've probably missed it. But, the point being, yeah, I mean, I think, when, when was the book released? It was, it was like December or something, wasn't it? Mm, late December, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're now in February. The thing is, um well, Only just February, but still. That means uh, you know, you're looking at over a month in which they've had these still available. So you, never you know. should be alright, Richie, because you don't really need to do much editing on this thing. I think this has been quite good, hasn't it? It hasn't <laughs> been like really long pauses or no, anything. I think was, <laughs> we're right. Who needs Bill? What fine as it is. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I think this idea about this, um, this topic where we were talking about, you know, this game design and uh, mm. this uh, uh, tournaments versus campaigns and yes. all, I think we'll probably leave that subject for Bill. I agree. I think, I mean, um, from what I understand... He really wanted to take yes, part in he that, really so. did. It's a shame he couldn't join us for that. Yeah. So, so let's just uh, finish with some, like, rule comparisons, you yes, know. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, what we should do, see if, we can get, see if we can do another recording in a couple of weeks' time or something mm-hmm. and uh, do that. So for all of you all, if you're listening, don't worry, we are going to... We mentioned at the beginning of the episode we will tackle this topic. It's a very interesting topic, especially for me, because I've got some interesting news about that which I'll discuss at the time. Um, but we will probably be doing that another time. Well, uh, actually, most... Most, like, uh, really die-hard gamers try to actually create rules games of themselves, kind of. Yes. It doesn't mean they completed them. It could be just, like, in the beginning stage, but usually... People at least try. Yes, I think so. I mean, we all did that. Oh, you know, I know you did that. Oh, absolutely. I've done, I, I know you did. I know Bill did that. <laughs> so we could actually talk about our own experiences, ideas in there oh, yes. as well, what absolutely. we would like to see. And um, I think it's a, it's a very relevant, it's a re- very relevant point. Um, but, but yeah, so I, this, we stop, stop this because we're just going to talk about it, and we don't want to do that. We want to save it. <laughs> Well, we could talk about uh, Infinity campaigns, because you can yeah. play campaigns with Infinity. Yes, I've heard this. Um, um, what sort of things do they do? I mean, how do they... You know, so you mentioned briefly about what the Malifaux campaign is going to be. And, of course, it's interesting because Malifaux being a... Um, it's, you know, it's... Okay. From what... When people say campaign games, I think things like Necromunda, Gork, and Walk, and More yeah. Time. You know, where you start off with a basic troop, and you build them up with stats and skills and gear... Now, Malifaux is not like that. You've got a stat card. Mm. Infinity, very similar. Now, yes, you haven't just got a stat card per se. I mean, like, you know, in Malifaux, you've got, you know, um, a Terratot is the same as every other Terratot. Mm. Whereas Infinity, because you can customise your weapon layout, not every basic trooper is going to be the same as every other basic also, trooper. Also, some basic troopers have, extra, have like, different skills depending yes. on their... And equipment. So, so already there is a difference the there, but it still works in that, you know, this, they fall into different categories, don't they? Mm. And you've got certain named characters who are always the same. Well, I'm not sure how named characters work here, but basically you have like several chapters which are like several games each. Mm. And it's sort of like, um, it's not, map campaign. It's more like chart type thing where I think if the outcome of last battle kind of decides which battle gonna be next. Okay. It's this is what they introduced in Campaign Paradiso. Mm. And um also you have growth. 
mm-hmm. but the growth is for a team as a whole. Vox. It's not it's not individual characters with one exception which I will talk about later. Okay. That's uh, interesting. First of all, you what you you can uh, increase the power level of your your group mm-hmm. which um you can buy like extra points you start the game with. So you play like normally like 300 tournament mm-hmm. game. Yeah. But if you like uh, invest like experience points into like the points total, you get like extra five points and you can do it three times so you can have like extra 15 points. <laughs> right. So you, you like after investing into that, you will go like, um, 315 points instead of, <laughs> which doesn't sound much, but. Well, all adds up. Mm. Then you also I have. Mean, uh, there, there are plenty of weapons, for example, which cost like ten points more than the pre- than the lower version, or you know, and it's like, well, that can, that can make a huge difference. Mm, I don't know. It's more like just uh, like hiring a little bit of extra. You can also get things like increased availability because mm. some things like you can only get one off. For example, you can get them two. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I can't remember the difference in the points up. I was, I was looking at some stats, and again, you, you're looking at about, you know, only only about ten, fifteen, twenty points, whatever, between mm-hmm. someone being, you know, a normal unit and being a hacker specialized version of it, mm. for only like fifteen points. And so, well, actually, if that that could be the difference between having a hacker and not having a hacker. You know? I don't know if you're allowed to actually change your force. Okay. That's the thing. Because later there is a, <clears throat> there is an ability which allows you to use not your standard force and it's late, really later on. Ah, okay, right. And, uh, also there's something called, re- um, increased retreat threshold, mm-hmm. which means more of your troops will need to be destroyed before they routed. Nice. Before they start fleeing. Yeah, that's good. Um. I see the benefit of that, that's for sure. Uh, then there's one which you always win initiative and deployment rolls. <laughs> Unless your opponent has this, I suppose you still roll them. <laughs> yeah. Then there's uh, one where you always know who your enemy lieutenant is. It's like intelligence thing. <laughs> so it's something like upgrades for you all thing. I'm just reading your examples here. Yeah. Um, or there's really hard one where you say that all of your people are really get religious troops straight. What's that give? What this means? Well, there's a several thing like you got like loss of lieutenant, which does really bad things for you. Yeah. Or if you have um, uh, something called uh, if you actually gone past your uh, threshold, mm-hmm. what this does is you all your people start fleeing. Yes. And you actually have to start using orders to stop someone from fleeing. Mm. So you have to like, you can't, you can either use all your orders to make everyone stay in place, <laughs> or let someone flee and uh, give order, actually give orders to someone. Wow, so. <laughs> That's yeah. what it does to you. That's what happens if you, you know, if you, if you're broken. Yeah. Not religious troops. Because v- veterans, veterans can actually stay, but they have something called, um, uh, they have something called uh, the uh, irregular order, which means you can still spend your order, but uh... actually, that's, I've got a quick question for you about that. I was reading, I was reading that about um, irregular orders, um, and it can only be 
is it that it can own irregular orders can only be used on regular troops, or the irregular order generated by that troop can only be used on that troop? On that troop. Right. So, for example, if because you know, you've got the cheerleader system, haven't <coughs> you? So that yeah. means irregulars, you can't use irregular orders to cheerleader an irregular no. troop. No. Right, okay. That's something called impetus as well, which means you are actually for, you, you're forced to go close to your opponent and trying to get into close combat. So either you, they use that order only on them, mm. but uh, uh, you don't get to choose what to do. Right, wow. You have to charge forward mm. every, with every order. Actually, with a second edition they changed that now they, you can actually ignore that if you want to you don't produce with second or third with third edition third. sorry basically if you impetuous mm-hmm. you either use that order to charge forward or you don't use it oh okay but there's like really impetuous which means you have to you can't yeah <laughs> say no okay that's interesting mm. and uh, yeah but religious troop what they do is basically that they after your army is broken, the remaining religious troop, mm-hmm. they stay regular, and they don't yeah. flee. So, <laughs> you basically have to destroy them to the last one. Nice. <laughs> so, baby, all your army becomes religious. Very nice. So, out of curiosity, I'm guessing, I'm trying to think of who would have the, that sort of trait normally. I'm <coughs> guessing things like Teutonic Knights would probably have it. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Lot of the, reverend, the reverend mothers probably would. The, oh, the reverend Moiras. Moiras, sorry. And yeah, uh, I'm guessing a good part I of don't know. probably would. Yeah. Well, Morata. Yeah. All Morata religious troops. Okay. They're the, uh, weird monkey men, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of look like a red version of Planet of the Apes, I've always thought. <laughs> and I mean in a good way, because I actually think they kind of look kind of I actually really like the new models, I got the start. <laughs> I like them too. I didn't originally, but they've grown on me as time has gone on. Mm. Especially some of the more recent ones they've released. Yeah. Um... Yeah, or the other thing you can spend campaign points on is on something called special ops characters. Okay. Uh, they basically, they, you, you can only upgrade one model. But you start with basic traits and you can increase traits with okay. experience. But only one model in a whole, uh, faction you can do that. The yeah. special ops character. So you can increase their stats, you can give them up to three different skills. Mm. You can, um, uh, you can give them up to three pieces of equipment mm-hmm. and three weapons. Wow, okay. So they're big, so you customize yeah. it and, mm. and also you can, I think you can kind of use them in tournaments as well in a single game. You just give it experience and then spend that experience and that just increases the value of the miniature. But it's okay. like a Swiss army knives which yeah. can be whatever you want it to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, cheerleading. Yeah. What are the well? Okay. For, um, so for those listening, um, I'll try my best to to explain this, and you can correct me if I'm completely wrong. But so the idea is that um, essentially, 
Um, if if we're to forget irregular orders and impetuous orders, we're just going to simply say we'll just just go by the normal order system. Basically, well, no, for example, just don't use the models which are irregular. Yeah, impetuous. exactly. So using it, um, basically, every, at the beginning of every turn, every model you have generates was essentially one action. Yeah. And so the order system. Well, no, it's, no. It's, it's one essentially, order. Yes, but it's, it's one essentially order. action points to use. Another, yes. other, I know, I know it isn't, but just for the people who are listening who don't understand the rules, mm. it's essentially action points. And one of the things you can do is that you can assign those action points however you really want them to. Can so, I just quickly say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing is, an action point is a action and two movement actions in addition to that. Yeah. Unless you actually have like full action, in which case you can't move. Yes, you. But yeah, normally you it's like first movement, actions, first movement, action, and then. Second movement. That's how it works. Yeah. That's what one action does. So, <coughs> what? So what you can do is you can say, right, well, you know, I've got ten models. They've got yeah. ten actions. They're all going to do their ten orders. So they're going to do their ten things each. Yeah. And so therefore, got the entire thing. Or you could go the other extreme, and you could put all of them onto one model. Yeah. Gonna and sprint around and start shooting people left, right, and centre, and basically become Lambo. You could do that, but the thing is, it's probably. I doubt the model will be able to do all ten actions. It'll probably just die at some point. Well, yes, because of um, ROs and all that. But I mean, I've heard of um, I was I was listening, I was reading a couple of things on their message boards with people talking about um, people doing like I don't know what you'd call, I can't what it's called, but the equivalent of deep strikes, where they're basically um, jetpacking right into the enemy, jump. running over to the deployment zone, and in turn one, massacring the entire force. <laughs> Well, it's kind of hard to do because now, so that, because people can shoot back, you yes. have to be really lucky to do that. Exactly. Now, but that's but the fact that you, the fact that it's possible to do that sort of stuff, or more importantly, to go in there, do stuff, and get out again. Um, that's clearly you a don't benefit. Don't know about <laughs> that, That's that's a benefit of cheerleading. Combat aided jump is like. What negatives are there to cheerleading? Hmm. Why would you not do that every turn? That's not always best thing to do. Basically, you want all your miniatures to act. Mm. Well, not, not all your miniatures, sorry, all your hard miniatures to act. Well, the rest are sort of providing points for you. Mm. But the thing is, for example, if someone has a sniper, like, or the hunt point, you don't want to do too much in front of him, <laughs> because he'll be shooting you every action. Yeah, yeah. Same thing if you have like really sniper in like really good position. Some people like are really hiding from him, for example. That's not a good thing because then he'll just, you know, close parts of a table for you. What a lot of people, what like proper good tournament players do, they'll just put like tough miniatures right in his sight. So if he de- because um if he decides to shoot someone, he'll be like huge amount of arrows straight back at him. That's mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, keep in mind, if you have 11 miniatures, mm-hmm. you have to split them into two groups. Okay. Can you explain so, that? I think I've, I think I've heard this briefly, but... Okay, uh, the group where you have like single battle group where you can have up to 10 orders. Right, yeah. If you have 11 miniatures, then uh, you have to split them in two, so you can have 10 and 1 if you want. But... Right. So one will have 10, 
orders and it will create ten orders and can anyone in that group can spend them and the other one will have just one and are the orders interchangeable between groups or is it only within that group only within that group of course you can make like for, for example if you have 12 miniatures you can do like 10 and 2 or you can do 6 and 6 yeah I see okay you have to split them up if you have more than 10 right so it is possible in if you if you were to play a big enough game mm-hmm. to have you know 30 orders but you would have to do them say in 3 groups of 10 or 6 groups of 5 or that sort of stuff mm-hmm. right got ya now the thing is that it's unlikely it'll go over 20 <laughs> yeah I, I, so, I went for an extreme <laughs> but for example if you have 12 miniatures and 2 of them are either regular and pictures mm. it makes no difference yes well, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're just going to be, yeah, they're going to be feeling their own stuff, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And also, yes, oh, sorry, I, I mentioned briefly about the um, bounty hunter, and I got sidetracked about the fact that you know people ordering it and stuff. You mentioned that you got you have a plan for it, something outside of Infinity or something. Uh, not outside of Infinity. I just I'm I'm not going to use them as bounty hunter. Okay, he looks. I'm going to use them as second mobile brigada. Ah. Because he looks, his armor looks fairly similar to well, me. It, it's, he- it's, he- it's heavy infantry model, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And nice. uh, he's got boarding shotgun, which mobile brigada can have. Yes. The only problem is it's a Panasiana boarding <laughs> shotgun, <laughs> but it could be a trophy weapon. Yeah, it could be. I mean, at the same time, I was reading. Um, it was in a, it was on a Wikipedia, so of course it's not technically official, but I'm assuming <coughs> it kind of is official that. Um, Infinity isn't a WYSIWYG game. Uh, that's, that's true, but it gave... Because a, a lot of the options don't exist as actual models to buy. So that's therefore, true. They say a lot of time they say, you know, so instead, you know, as long as it's the right type, it can, you know, have whatever you want it to have. That's not how it really works, though. No? First of all, lot of equipment uh, doesn't actually need to be shown in a model like tiny things. Okay, that makes sense. Like uh, uh, forward observers or mine layers, or even although some miniature, I only know one mine layer miniature <laughs> which actually has a mine layer option. I think it's uh, Aleph Nag, <laughs> which also actually carries little mines <laughs> in his hands. <laughs> Otherwise, you just say, "Oh, he's a mine." Just use like. Uh, who has the same basic weapon like mm-hmm. most of them use combi rifles although yeah. occasionally it's shotguns but yeah. yeah just use that one to do that special thing you're like engineer for example as well mm. or doctor but the weapons do are they with the weapons WYSIWYG well not necessarily see quite a few miniatures actually don't have a basic weapon so yeah. you could call them anything you want <laughs> This is what put me off some models, like oh, okay. uh, the Morat, uh, what they called, Datarazi, Datarazi, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> which which soldiers? They uh, two of them have like one has um, uh, combi rifle, mm-hmm. another has uh, I can't remember either a shotgun or a chain rifle. Okay. And uh, I think no, I think he might have cho- shotguns. But the rest, one has just like a normal. Uh, uh, hand-hand weapon and another has two-handed weapon. Right. <laughs> so you can give them any, any kind of, uh, basically basic weapon you want. You can give, it could be a chain rifle, a combi mm. rifle, or boarding shotgun or whatever. So th- so but I don't like this aspect. Yeah. What I'm thinking is actually get something with that kind of weapon because 
I don't think I have any chain rifled ones. That's the thing, and I would like uh, one chain rifle. Yeah. So I'm gonna press mold one and just either put it on his back or maybe just put it on the ground as if he's just dropped it on. Yeah, that can work. That's what I'm going to do. That can work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are now coming up to two hours. Well, oh. let's do do another ten minutes of rules. <laughs> because there's lots of rule change. Or oh, you want to? I, I think we need. I think we need to leave it for the time being. <laughs> okay. I think it's been a good two hours, and um, I think we need to call it there. Especially considering it's getting late, and I've got to be to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Well, but we yeah. can continue on like rule changes about infinity because we mainly talk about uh, just uh, aesthetics and some yes, basic bits. Exactly. But we we can go into like differences uh, between editions and the uh, absolutely. In the next one, I mean, like I said, I'm really excited. I, the only thing I'm dreading is when it actually comes to playing the bloody thing, <laughs> because you know. So I'm reading it, I'm learning the rules, and I'm really enjoying what I'm reading. You know, be it the fluff or the rules, but there's no, but there's no comparison to actually playing it. And you know, that's the one of the reasons why I'm not buying into it hugely at the moment. Because the last thing I want to do is actually start playing and go. Shit, I don't actually enjoy playing it. <laughs> so, we could have gone through Infinity Rules in about 10 minutes, but if you don't want to, we'll, we'll leave it next we'll time. We'll do it next time, we'll do it next time. Okay, you want to do the closing? Okie dokie then. Well, it's been very. A cliffhanger! It's a cliffhanger! It's a, yes, tune back for more! <laughs> <laughs> next time on Hobby Sofa. <laughs> <laughs> you have to use that trailer voice. <laughs> <laughs> Action, adventure, desire Disaster <laughs> That's more like it <laughs> And on that note It's goodbye for me Until next time for me <laughs> Take care Bye 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 Oh, you can run over Oh, you can run over